Blog Talk Radio. kinds of questions we'll talk about in this show. Your hosts, Leslie and Tracy, will share their experiences, but also want to learn from your insights, your questions, and your suggestions. So, don't just listen in. Call us with your comments. Good morning. Have you said yes to spirit today? Well, just by being a part of this show and listening in or calling in, you are saying yes to spirit. My name is Tracy and Leslie, and we are the hosts of Say Yes to Spirit, encouraging you on your spiritual path. And I say this almost every week, but, you know, just by doing this show, Leslie and I get to say yes to spirit at least once a week. (laughs) Because we say we're here to encourage you, but uh, I think the real truth is it gives us a chance every week to... Be reminded of what we know. Right, to make an appointment to encourage ourselves to say yes to spirit, knowing that everything that happens on our life is the spiritual path. And today our theme is going to be prayer, Um, and we have no idea where we're going to go with that, but I think it'll be fun and easy, and if you would like to add your two cents, uh, please don't hesitate to dial in at area code 347-850-1523. You know, you said an interesting thing, make an appointment with each other, and I really do believe, you know, the um, the truth of that statement to make an appointment. I think my spiritual program, when I'm not that in touch with it, it's time to become more conscious of it. You know, it's like I can go on kind of an unconscious when things are going smoothly, but then at some point when things, you know, I have to become more conscious of my spiritual practices and be, continue Make sure I continue to pray, and then is that our topic tonight? And, and uh, meditate and do all the things that we talk about many times have to become more of a conscious effort um, for me. And so, making an appointment once a week or once a day to do something uh, in a consistent way is a nice way to make sure I don't get too far away from what I need to be reminded of that I already know, but many times I can forget pretty quickly. <laughs> Yeah, life gets in the way. Mm. But yeah, I, I do like that concept of make an appointment. I mean, we make appointments. When we think of making an appointment, we make appointments for the things that are important to us. Right. Or, you know, even there, if, when there are things we don't like, like we're not feeling well and we haven't been feeling well for a while and we know we should go to the doctor, we make an appointment to go to the doctor to find out what's going on or to take care of ourselves or to get an annual physical mm. to check in. Uh, we make an appointment with people uh, we work with, 
because we want to make sure that we're giving them our full attention and that they are giving us our full, you know, their full attention. Right. Because it's something important we want to talk about. And so absolutely, you know, it's so appropriate, even though we don't think about it, to make an appointment, not so much to for us to get in touch with or to identify spirit, because spirit is always present everywhere in all things, but to remind ourselves that, oh, spirit is everywhere in all things, all the time. All I have to do is get out of my way, get out of my own way and tap into that. Mm -hmm. Um, So I love this appointment um, of starting off the week with uh, you and I talking about spirit, how it shows up, how it works, how we can tap into it and um, use it. Mm-hmm. There's a power greater than us, and we can use it um, every week. So if no matter what else has been happening, we have this little gift of time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. And the gift of time, this week we're going to spend mostly about prayer. And last week we talked about healing. Good memory. And, um, I said uh, that that was an easy connect, the dots. Many times I think when we're in some sort of physical trauma drama, we immediately turn to prayer and ask for healing. That's a traditional way of thinking about prayer and going in prayer to ask for something, to get something. So um, I'm interested to hear, you know, how your concept of, of that either matured or stayed the same. I think I think my concept of prayer is very intertwined with meditation now. And so I'm curious to talk about that a little bit, but um, I uh, uh, had a bit of a physical healing over the last week that I thought was um, interesting that I thought I might uh, share as your eyebrows go up with the idea of <laughs> what I might My I- eyebrows go up in curiosity, <laughs> like, wow, what happened? Wow, I tell you that. Not in judgment. Okay, see, there you go. That's it. the internal clock there, internal voice. You know, we talked last week about Louise Hay and the different, you know, idea of um, Mm -hmm. physical manifestation of emotional things and how she connects the dots to that a lot. I have a book that uh, came out of the the Christian mystic order that I used to be a part of called Messages from the Body, and it's like 780 pages, and it has everything from like a hangnail down to everything and different things. And I had been having this amazing tenseness in my Achilles tendon, the Achilles tendon right behind your ankle. And so I finally found my book and looked it up, and it said, Fear of Stepping into the Future. Wow. Wow. And it was so interesting because once I had read that, and then the next few days in meditation, I kind of took that idea and I embraced that. I thought, oh, that's true. That is exactly kind of what's happening for me. In the last four or five days, I've, like, had no tightness in my helicon. Crazy. That's, so that's fabulous. Made me think of it when we were talking about healing, and then I thought, oh, I can tell that story. Thinking about last week, so. And it is a true story, isn't it? It is a true story. <laughs> yeah, that'd be like evil, wouldn't it? If I'd be bad karma. I got enough of that going on without seeding any more of that. I'm trying to. That's such a great example because so often, and we did talk about this last week, that you know, so often we don't. We know something is wrong with our body physically, 
or even emotionally, we know there's a disturbance in the force. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, we know that we're off. Mm-hmm. But we don't always understand. We don't always know right. or understand how what we're thinking and what we're resisting right. could be feeding into that. You know, we we easily make the connections about, oh, I'm very, you know, if I'm overweight and it's a result of I eat too much and don't exercise, you know, it's all physical. Mm-hmm. Or if I'm overweight and I know that it's, um, I've been, because of some medication that I'm taking and it's causing me to gain weight. Again, that's all physical. Mm-hmm. And we're in our logical human ego-based, you know, human world processing we're able to take physical input, physical input, here's the physical outcome. But most of the time we don't even think to go back to, wait a minute, what else is happening or what could be the root of this that doesn't have anything to do with the physical input, Mm -hmm. but my beliefs and my, you know, my fears are driving a certain reaction. Yeah, very cool example. I like that. Yeah. So we'll come back and you'll give us a definition of prayer. I always pigeonhole you into that. I make you be responsible. You try to make me be responsible. (laughs) And no, I'm not going to come back after the break with a definition, but I may come back from the break with a quote or two. So we will be right back. Outside of the box of definitions first. (laughs) I do have a quote from Emerson. Prayer is the contemplation of the facts of life from the highest point of view. Contemplation, say that again. Prayer is the contemplation of the facts of life from the highest point of view. Mm. Mm, So that... That kind of makes it seem more like meditation. I thought you might like that. Yeah, I think that kind of makes it sound like meditation. It certainly doesn't sound like I'm asking for something or imploring or begging or for the love of God, please give me anything. 
Well, that's one of the reasons I chose that quote, because I figured <laughs> it would give us a way to step into this, um, this what I call myth, what some people call the misapplication of, and what, mm. but what most, I think most people, at least mm-hmm. most people I know, think of prayer as a petition, as, right. you know, please help me, please save me, please, you know, please God, you know, please fix something that's broken, mm-hmm. you know, please do this for me because I'm loyal, I'm your loyal, faithful servant, or I'm your... Mm-hmm you know, poor, helpless child. Right. And so um, the Emerson quote, you know, this contemplating the facts of life from the highest point of view could be a link to meditation, but also it can be, it's contemplation, the contemplating the facts of life. So it, it, I don't necessarily think the human experience is the fact of life. Right. The fact of life is, you know, the kind of the spiritual guidance, what we know to be the spiritual truth, what we know to be really true. Those are real, the real facts of life. Right. And if I am in prayer affirming that I am loved, affirming that I am safe, affirming that I am abundant, if I am in prayer affirming that about myself, I am contemplating the reality that this really is true mm-hmm. about me from the highest point of view, from my highest self. Mm-hmm. And so that, that and putting that into words is then prayer, whereas I think more of meditation as kind of going within fewer words, more feeling. Mm-hmm. And but you know I'm not really I'm rambling a little bit and I'm not really wed to being right on this, which is why I like this show that we just kind of show up and start talking about some of this stuff. It is, um, and I did ask um, Reverend Petra one time about prayer and meditation, and and she did say they were different, and I think that is. What I believe, I just don't think. I think I've got. I've been so hooked into the traditional concept of prayer that it's been hard for me to step out of that into um, an affirmative prayer or some of the different things that um, the science of the mind talks about with the spiritual mind treatments. And um, so to go from a prayer of supplication—is that the right word? To, to a prayer affirming. And and I also want to talk about this concept of prayer being kind of a two-way, like an open conduit for God, for the energy of the spirit of energy to come through to, to fill me up as well as for me to be connected to. I don't know how that necessarily applies to the concept of meditation versus prayer, but... You know, I think it's, um, for me, the relationship my daily practice creates with spirit is that it's very much of a kind of a two-way street. I feel like information from spirit comes to me through you, comes to me through, you know, songs on the radio, comes to me through um, thoughts that pop in my head just at the right time to, to direct my path. So it's like, you know, is that a form of prayer, uh, listening to 
spirit listening to, you know, this higher knowing? I don't know. I don't know. I just don't know, Tracy. But it just seems like it's all kind of, in my mind, very interrelated. And I think it would be helpful if I understood it more. So feel free to just, I don't want any you have to be right, but if you could just, you know, insightful, that would be. <laughs> or educational. <laughs> What's funny, I, I was in the 15 minutes before the show, you know, kind of making a little list of things that might possibly, that things that came to mind in that moment for me that might come up. And, and I thought, well, we'll talk about all this stuff. But then maybe in the last 10 minutes or so, we could talk about pray without ceasing. Mm, yes. Know? Yes. And yes. but you just kind of went like right there in that everything we do, in everything we do, and in everything we say, and yes. how we behave, yes. and everything we interact with, if we really are at the, you know, at that point of our life, we live our life in a way that is prayer without ceasing, then we do tap into that intuition. We do mm-hmm. get the message of, um, you know, here's the spiritual message mm-hmm. in everything, you know, in everything around us at mm-hmm. any point during the day because we are open to it. So, I, you know, it's interesting. I've never really thought about it this way before, but it's not so much that, quote, unquote, God answers the prayer because, quote, unquote, God is always there. And so sometimes God, what we think of as God answering the prayer or giving us the answer Mm -hmm. through intuition or a song on the radio or whatever, is really not God answering but me listening or me being observant or me being Mm -hmm. in a prayerful, open Mm -hmm. state. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes. Well, I mean, I'm... Yeah, no, I think that's really, really true because as soon as you said prayer without ceasing, I thought, yes, that is exactly how I want to live, try to live, remind myself to live. And it is not about, I have this visualization that I got years ago, it's really not about God coming down from a high, giving me answers, or me looking up or out for the answers. When I'm really in that prayerful state or that state of, connection, it's like I'm just in this um, crease of the sheet. I used to make tents when I was little, and I used to make more sheets, and sometimes when you make a sheet and have the top, like, oh, I'm not saying this very well, but the top of of the tent would go downward, right, and be little creases, and I could put little pebbles or little things, and if you got it in the crease of a sheet, it would just, like, zip right down. If it was in the middle of the sheet, sometimes it would go off to the side or fall. But if it went in a crease, it was like, and so I had this visualization in my whole life of these little pebbles that would just, once they're in the crease, it's like everything's smooth, everything's right. It goes in the direction automatically. There's no question, there's no fear, there's no anxiety, there's no stopping, there's no going off the path, right? You're in the crease. So I've always had this idea that when I'm in spirit, when I'm living in prayer, when I'm doing that, as you said, ceaselessly, I'm in the crease of life, and and then it um, it seems magical, but it's really not magical because that's really the 
the authentic state of who we are. But I do think that prayer is a traditional word that, you know, is a is a is a conduit or a way to open up that connection. And um then if we take it outside of the form of asking for some sort of physical healing or emotional healing and, and waiting for God to choose to give it or not to give it, you know, that's the for me that when I transitioned out of that idea of prayer is when I transitioned more into um an active mm-hmm. relationship with God. Yeah, I well and so let's let it let's back up a little bit because um I mean I think it's I mean that is the goal to live our lives in a way where we are in constant communion. Mhm. You know, constant communication with constant unity with um, the energy of God, the energy of spirit. The you know that we're, that that is the goal for for many of us, and so that would be like praying without ceasing, because all of our actions would be in honor of and open to this energy that we call God. Um, but if we back up to To, you know the more traditional, the more commonly per, common perception about prayer that I'm praying to to God to fix me, save me, to love me, mm-hmm. you know, to do for me what I cannot do for myself. Um, then, I mean, how do we even? And there are three things going on in my mind. One is how do we even like how do how do we describe that and what does that mean? But the bigger question is how do we build even build a bridge from from that definition or understanding of prayer mm-hmm. to you know the second one or the the one that we it so quickly got to that my whole life is that energy of being in gratitude and being open and being the energy mm-hmm. of God, the example of God energy. It's like, to me, just saying those two out loud, it's like how stark it is to me, how clear it is that they are like, you know, I'm holding up two hands, mm-hmm. you know, like really arm's length apart. <laughs> you know, how do you get from one to another, or do you even need to, which takes, this came up on another topic that I'm not remembering right now, but it's kind of like, if for people who believe that God is outside of me, God is up in the sky, and I pray to God because the best thing I can be is a sinner, and, and through Jesus and the salvation of Jesus, I now have the right to pray to God through Jesus, and God is the one who will answer my prayer and make my life all right. If that is what someone truly believes, and it works for them, mm-hmm. who are we to say that there's a, well, we didn't say better, we just said, you know, but who, who are we to say we need to build a bridge mm-hmm. if they're perfectly happy there? Right. And for me, to be honest, when I see people's lives who are practicing different faiths, different forms of religion, and their lives are really working, and I see their lives are really li- their lives are in the crease, you mm-hmm. know, 
I think that's wonderful, and I think that's the idea that there's just a billion different paths to God, and as long as, you know, that person is experiencing what I call the crease of life, you know, then then I'm all good with that. It's the times where I run across people in the times of my life where I'm experiencing difficulty or confusion and, you know, I keep trying to do it the same way or keep trying to force an answer from God or force a certain ritual that I'm accustomed to or I've been told is the path to get to what I want, you know, and I'm just creating more and more irritation for myself and more and more frustration and my life out picturing is more and more upset and discord, yet I am staying, you know, just dug in to this is the prayer, this is the ritual, this is the way I have to get to the answer, then that's when I come in and, and, and try to bring out or suggest different things to people. And I think for me the first time um, when I was like 20 and started going to Al-Anon meetings is when I first kind of got a glimpse of a different kind of God than I had learned in the Methodist Church. And so that exposure, and I think reading books or listening to radio shows or talking to different people of different faiths, exposes us to different things. And, you know, this may this may be working on a certain level, but ultimately, you know, are there other things that can work on a deeper level or a different level? But again, if somebody's life really is going, and I don't, I don't think there's just one way to do the thing, the thing we call life, the thing we call the journey. But um, I do think a lot of people get stuck and dig their heels into one particular path and think, even though it's not working for me really well, if I was doing it better, you know what I'm saying? And they tend to blame, we tend to blame ourselves and our own method versus just trying a different thing, going a different way, opening up to a different idea. So what you just triggered, one of the things you just triggered for me was that, um, the, you know, the concept that I know both of us believe in that all paths lead to God. And so there are many different paths that lead to God being a strong, being the strong energy, driving energy in your life which would then connect in terms of this topic prayer that so so evidently there must be many ways to pray yes that then reflect what you know to be God and what you know to be um you know that energy that you're trying to connect into so so I guess what I want to affirm for ourselves but then also for anyone listening to the show is that we're not saying the only way to pray is the way that I pray or the way that mm-hmm. prayer is in one particular practice. But there is that concept that goes back to, you know, that, well, in the Bible, pray without ceasing. Um, but in the Quran, you know, there's uh, there are some passages that really talk about, you know, not just this structure, or the the way, you know, that you pray five times a day and that you kneel and you face the east and, you know, the kind of the structure mm-hmm. of prayer and the actual words you use in different prayers at different times. But the meaning mm-hmm. of prayer, of having this communion mm-hmm. of 
spirit with spirit. Mm-hmm. You know, your spirit with small, maybe small s spirit with mm-hmm. big s spirit, um, and that it is important to do that mm-hmm. all the way. Right. And uh, while I don't know, just based on what I do know and what some friends have shared with me from the Jewish faith, um, where the focus is on how you live your life. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I can't go to a particular passage, but from what I do know, I, it's absolutely evident to me that in the Jewish faith there's that message too because it really is about how you live your life that honors God, living in a God-like way in what you do every day. And so that that prayer piece, you know, mm-hmm. the prayers to be like that, to live a life like that, um, would probably fit into this as well. And didn't you tell me the Quakers have a motto or a phrase or a philosophy, let your life, let my life speak? Yeah, let, let your my, life speak. Your life what speak. you do is speaking louder than anything you can say. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, love, love, love that uh, philosophy. And so prayer is just a practice that gives us, Discipline yes. gives us or, or stands in the gap between what we would do on our own and what we want to do or who we want to be. Um, a couple of weeks ago I was at a uh, supporting a friend whose mother had died and um, his parents were Catholic. And during the... Um, the viewing the night before the memorial service or funeral, there was um, a service, a rosary service at the funeral home. And, uh, you know, it struck me while some of the words that were spoken as we made, you know, the, the journey around the rosary, you know, 10 steps of prayer and You know, some of the words did not connect for me, did not connect with me and and my beliefs about about God. But the the ritual of it and the deep, deep, deep feeling Mm -hmm. of the people who were, you know, reciting Mm -hmm. the rosary, reciting the, the words and phrases, um, was so powerful for me because it felt so reverent. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so I just, you know, kind of moved myself out of the logical brain right, and connected in with the spirit energy mm-hmm. and, and just knew, mm-hmm. you know, I felt so wrapped in um, how important the spirit of his mother felt this to be and how blessed she felt, you know, by it. And how if this had been someone else whose physical body had died, that she would have been right there, you know, saying these prayers for that person that, it, you know, meant so much to her. Mm-hmm. And though, though these are her beliefs, and, and it definitely was the connection. And I think that's what prayer does for us. It connects us at a deeper level because we think the words or we read the words, we say them, so we hear them, mm-hmm. you know, so we get it on thinking level, 
a visual level if we're reading, a hearing level if we're saying it out loud, a visual level, you know, if we're even imagining it in our minds, and then if we're using a, ro a rosary or mala beads or um, Christian prayer beads, you know, then we also have a kinesthetic, a physical, as we go bead by bead, connecting us on all these different levels mm -hmm. to something that is energy. Mm -hmm. And I think the word ritual to me really is powerful, and I think it's so important to have mm -hmm. rituals, you know, and and whatever my ritual is that, you know, that I do it and I do it consistently and that people find their own ritual and whatever it is, whatever speaks deeply, you know, that people find theirs. I've spent a lot of time, you know, and it's been a lot of money going to a lot of different workshops to find out everybody else's rituals and to learn the ritual that was going to be the thing that, you know, helped me find the answer. And uh, it took me a long time to figure out, you know, oh, that's my responsibility to create my ritual and to learn what fits for me and what works for me. And um, But I do believe on some level that really kind of stretching out the mind, it, to some extent this, this, this force, this oneness that exists through each of us in a human body for this human experience kind of on some level knew that we needed something to uh, give us a, a tangible thing that we could do, because I think the human experience is all about doing. We just are doers. You know, that's how humans do. Good God, we have to do more and do more and do different. And so I think prayer was kind of a really enlightened way to allow us to feel like we're doing something. And ultimately, you know, what the end game for me that the prayer offers is just an, an opening. And And then once, you know, once I'm in that opening, then that is where I ceaselessly, you know, that's where I want to stay. So I think it's a, I think it's an interesting ritual. I think it's an important ritual, but I think the idea of it, the purpose of it, is much more than just the prayer. I don't. I think the prayer, the method of the prayer, is not important as the end result of it. it, it that it makes this communion more tangible, more. Um, more available to me in the human realm. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Now, and as you were talking, I was it made me think about, well, how did I learn about that? And, of course, you know, I can think of big ritual, like, you know, ritual with the capital R from being in church and the mm -hmm. process and how prayer was done in church and how prayer was led and call and response prayer, you know, with lots of people. But then I, I thought, wow, you know, in some ways my parents, too, were teaching me the ritual because, you know, how many millions of us, you know, grew up with a prayer of some kind, you know, bedtime prayers, for right. example. You know, it's like I, mean, I, I don't even realize I know certain prayer until when you said that, and I thought of that, and I was like, now I lay me down to sleep, right. you know, I was like, oh, yeah, that's in my brain, mm -hmm. or, you know, the prayer of blessing the food, and when mm -hmm. I was growing up, my parents had, um, we always ate at the table, at, you know, the kitchen, or the dining room table, but on a daily basis at the kitchen table, and there was a box of prayer, oh, nice. of 
I'm thinking, was it prayers or were they scriptures? There were some scriptures and just some prayers, but they were, and you would just open the box and pull out a card. Awesome. And, you know, but so that you wouldn't have to, you know, feel like you had to memorize, nice. you know, certain things. Mm-hmm. And it was teaching you about blessing your food and being gra- grateful, being expressing gratitude mm-hmm. for having food. But it was the ritual of prayer, mm-hmm. you know, and, um, you know, that this, there are so many ways to incorporate prayer in your daily life. And that's also something that I think we don't consciously, many of us don't consciously think about. Mm-hmm. Uh, but <coughs> but it's helpful to remember that prayer is not always one form. Right. You don't have to be and on your knees. And right. Where did that come from? Do anyway, <laughs> you have any idea? Get on your knees and pray? Get on your knees and pray. I don't know. But, you know, it's funny. To this day, I will get on my knees before I go to bed and just say thank you and good night kind of thing. And it, it and there is something about that. I don't even know what it is. Maybe it's just from childhood, you know, something good that felt good. Back the Methodists, we used to kneel and take communion. I don't know what it was planted, what seed. But it does connect me to something warm and fuzzy, and so I still do it. And in the back of my mind, I'm like, this is so silly. Don't have to put on your knees like this. This is not making any difference to anybody but you. But it makes a difference well, to me. Difference so there you go. You. So there you go. And that's what counts. It right. really does. Right. It makes mm-hmm. a difference to you. Mm-hmm. Very cool. So um, let's take a little bit of a break, and then we will come back and talk a little bit more about prayer. Welcome back. You're listening to Say Yes to Spirit, encouraging you on your spiritual path with Leslie and Tracy. And today our theme is prayer. Prayer. What is it? How do we use it? Different types of prayer. Who are you praying to? Um, All things prayer today. And so we've talked a little bit about uh, all of that, and um, right before the break, talked a little bit about how really prayer is not for God, to please God. God. Prayer is really a practice that helps us. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's, you know, and so for each one of us to find what works to help us maintain the connection with spirit and with our principles, our values, and our beliefs, 
Um, we we do need, as human beings, mm-hmm. human doings, right. we do need some things that help us, remind us, um, that create structure for us, a pattern for us. You know, we're always talking about daily practices, and I really believe that prayer is one of the, you know, across the board, that is a daily practice of every. Well, I always look to you to be the smart one, but isn't it in every religion there's some form of prayer, some sort of supplication, some form of something? So it it, it it's just a... Well, I'm very smart and I'm very wise, but I don't know that I could say yes for every religion. Every religion. I haven't studied every religion. <laughs> but I think there is a common pattern that in most spiritual practices, in most spiritual belief systems, mm-hmm. there's some physical form. There's some physical way of connecting in whether it's called prayer or not. Mm -hmm. And so I do kind of think that that's almost, to me, in my thinking, it's almost like the the entryway, the path that then can set the motion for other things. You know, I don't want to say deeper because that makes it sound like prayer's not deep, but, you know, I mean, you know, it kind of is a Kind of like marijuana is an entry drug for other drugs. There is like an entry. Oh no, I'm gonna have to really, really think about that one. No, I like. And I can't think about the door to other drugs. It opens the door to other spiritual practices. I can't even think about that Mm -hmm. and talk at the same time. So after the show today, I will be giving that some (laughs) Some very deep consideration. I have a devotion. Is the, the entry drug for spirituality. Ooh, Write it down. I think it could come something. I think we have a devotion. Okay. <laughs> this one is called Surrender. And I wrote it this morning. Ah. Surrender, Leslie. The words from my spiritual teacher washed over me like warm water. Can it really be that simple? Don't I need to pray, meditate, do some spiritual rituals, resolve, understand, and fix the issue? As the day passed, questions and ideas rattled through my mind. I took no action but to say, surrender, Leslie, surrender, Leslie, surrender, Leslie. By day's end, I felt the warm water of my teacher's words within my soul. They soothed, they released, they relieved. By nightfall, I was at peace. I have a hunch God is able to more easily flow through me when I surrender. When I am busy doing to get an answer, solution, or resolution to an, ins- an issue, I may be blocking the very energy I seek to gain. Twelve-step programs say let go and let God. Yesterday I was reminded when I let go and surrender, I'm really just making room for God to go into action. Nice. And so that really is, though, this, I mean, it's a real day current conundrum for me. Because I think I've really kind of, um, in a space where, you know, I'm believing and and being taught, you know, prayer and meditation and spiritual mind treatments and different things to, you know, actively manifest what I want. And then I really have gotten myself so tied up in... I've got to pray right. I've got to do the right treatment. I've got to do the right affirmative prayer. I've got to do the right thing. You know, I've got to show up to this meeting. I've got to go to that workshop, you know. And Reverend Beatrice, who is my spiritual teacher, she's just like, just surrender. Just let it go. And I'm like, 
thumbnail. That's too easy. <laughs> I'm not certain that can just, but it was I'm really. I'm not working for it. I, I know. need to be working hard. So somehow I got this message that I have to, you know, so I don't know how that, you know, it had the word prayer in it pretty much is why I read that meditation because I was trying to find something that fit with prayer. But, you know, well, I, think, I But I think it fits as well because when we are in prayer, regardless of the practice, we are surrendering our ego, our, you know, the things that our ego is telling us, our humanness is experiencing. We're surrendering all of that, and as Emerson said, really contemplating or really seeing life at its highest level. So when I surrender what is right in front of me that seems to have evidence, seems to be true, mm-hmm. and I connect in with, even if it's a petition prayer, really, if, if that's my, my belief structure and I do a petition prayer that says, you know, please, God, save me from this trouble, mm-hmm. I'm connecting in with, life at its highest level, at the higher power, that I know this is true, that what is happening now is not what should be happening in my life. Mm -hmm. It's not what I want. It's not the experience I want to have. So even if it's so God, pull me out of this, save me from this, uh, put something else in its place that is more pleasing to you. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, so it, so in that sense, it is. It's 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 you know, it's it's creating that. Now, for uh, folks who have a different belief system, that our thoughts and our beliefs and our values are God expressing through us. Mm-hmm. You know, then we wouldn't necessarily do a prayer outside of us to you know some outside being. You know, but the prayer is still the same release what I'm experiencing right in front of me, this sense of lack, this sense of, or this experience of pain, this experience of um, of poverty, this experience of oppression, this experience of whatever it is, because I know, mm-hmm. you know, I know there's something better, higher, purer, and that's what I want to connect in with. And in prayer, we just naturally do look for that. I mean, we, we claim that even if we're... Well, we claim it. We uh, know yeah. it's true. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's, it's you know, the exact opposite of what I often refer to as the 911 God, mm-hmm. you know, that's just going to come in and sweep all everything away and make it magical, you know. It's, it's um, you know, that sense of God is everywhere, always present in my choices, either... Reveal more God or make the veil thicker between mm. me and God. Mm-hmm. You know, and my choices <clears throat> and my actions are the ones that, that drive whether I can, you know, see or whether I'm blocked from that view. Uh, and prayer in itself is not enough. So, you know, you, you're familiar with that, you know, pray and move your feet. And I often say pray and get out of the way and... Right. You know, one of my quotes, the famous bathroom wall of quotes, it's not up there right now, but it was up there for a long time when I, during a period where I needed the reminder of, you know, if you're going to pray, don't worry. 
Yeah. And if you're going to worry, don't pray. Yeah, right, right, it's right. Like, but worry and pray, you can't have both. So mm-hmm. you pray and you believe that at the highest level mm-hmm. and know that it is going to come true and you take the actions to support that. Mm-hmm. But if you're going to worry about it, worry about all that's wrong, all that's not working, all that's broken, and, you know, and that's what you're going to do all day, then don't bother to pray. Mm-hmm. Number one, you're, the worry and the emotion with that's going to override the prayer, mm-hmm. Ooh, which is in our reading for this week for our class. Mm. The worry overrides or the fear? The, the worry overrides. It's a whole section on, which is so funny. I have it right in front of me, but I have completely forgotten yeah, that I had fun. pulled it out. A section on interrupting prayer that says uh, it's not unusual for people to say a powerful prayer and then live a life totally contrary <laughs> to that prayer. Okay. And they say one thing and live another. If we pray two opposing prayers, and that assumes that what we say all day is really a prayer. Okay. So if we're worrying about something. So it says if we pray two opposing prayers, the stronger of the two prayers will demonstrate more. Right, 51%, whatever we're at, 51% thought or belief is what demonstrates. So if I say a prayer that everything is good and God is my protector or God is working in my life or, you know, whatever from my faith practice is a strong prayer, and I start my day like that, but by before, 10, 12, right, right, <laughs> by 10, 12, I have for three hours worried about and stated all that's going wrong over and over, and I don't know how I'm going to get through this, and I don't know about this, and I don't like this person, and, I'm, and this person's against me. And if that's what I've done for three hours, and my prayer was for three minutes, mm-hmm. my conscious prayer was for three minutes, then that three hours of mind chatter, let alone verbal comment, is way going to overpower that three-minute prayer. Right. And and speaking of practices and ideas and tips and things, I am reminded of an amazing practice that a sponsor in Al-Anon had me do years ago, and it's simple as simple can be. Uh, you take a box. It can be a Kleenex box or any kind of box. And when you say a prayer, when I ask for relief or something or have an affirmation that this is my life and it's good and it's positive, whatever it is, and I stick that in that prayer box, that God box, I think they called it, and if I should think about it again, I had to go hunt that box down and take it out of that box and keep it out of the box because I was going to be dealing with it. I was going to be worrying about it. I was going to be trying to fix it. And it was so interesting because, you know, we talk about these practices, and I swear, you know, I'm great at talking the talk and walking the walk comes and goes, but we talk about these practices, and that practice right there can absolutely transform a life if we actually do it. You know what I'm saying? If we get a box and we say a prayer or we have a worry or we have a concern and we let it go, we put it in the box, and then every time we bring it back, we go hunt that box down take it out, and we don't just think, oh, I shouldn't be doing this, or you know, but we take that physical action. Over time, again, I think it's part of the human doing kind of thing. that we, You know, if we do things to jump our thoughts off the track that they're on. We have to do, I have to do things to jump that stinking thinking off its track. Then over time, I can really build new railroad tracks, and my mind and my thought patterns and my behaviors will really change 
but it has to be more of a of an active ritual for me. I have to actually do these little daily practices that people talk about. I can't just metaphorically talk about them in my head. I actually have to physically, you know, get them out. Yeah, it is so helpful to have something physical. And, you know, the idea, same thing, well, you know, prayer is affirmation on steroids in some ways. Mm. Um, And with affirmations, you know, the conversation about one reason we say the affirmations over and over and over and over again is because it's more powerful to say what we want than to keep affirming what we don't want, mm. and that's kind of our brain on our our subconscious is on automatic with all the things we don't want or have had for a long time right. that we're trying to change. So with prayer, I think that's you know, or with practices in general, I think that's true. It's one thing to say we are going to pray, you know, x number of times per day, um, or we're going to pray a certain way, uh, and you have to then do that. But you have to do it enough that it overpowers mm-hmm. what the past has been. So that exa- I love that example because it does really give you a way to catch yourself mm-hmm. being stuck in the old pattern. It's very tangible. Yeah. So it's like Will Bowen and the um, mm-hmm. bracelet. The, and the bracelet so that if you wear it on one side, complaint-free world, and you wear it on one hand, and you your goal is to go complaint-free for 30 days. But every time you hear yourself with a complaint or a criticism, you move it to the other wrist, and then, then you start over. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's amazing that it's a 30-day practice that sometimes takes people a year uh-huh. or uh-huh. longer right. to go 30 consecutive days without a complaint. Without moving the wristband. Yeah. And I have a friend that's actually doing that practice right now, and he's using it for negative self-talk. Mm-hmm. So anytime he has a thought, a, you know, a self-hate or self negative self-thought, he moves it to the other arm. And, and, you know, his arms are pretty red the first few days. You know, I mean, it's interesting, though. You know, and if we, again, when we just have those thoughts and we just let them pass and we don't pay much attention to it, it just, it just I think, for me just allows that negative ritual to continue on. And when I put some behavior, some action that stops that behavior, it, it is a powerful thing, and it changes it much quicker than if I just keep thinking about changing it but not actually doing anything to change it. Right. So we have a little less than five minutes remaining in the show, and so I'm, I'm just thinking about, you know, are we leaving loose ends out there? Are there any key things that we want to talk about related to this before we close? And one thing that, you know, we made the comment or the question, so why do we kneel when we pray? Mm-hmm. And, you know, and I just kind of put that out there. But I, I thought, well, no, we probably need to, like, pull that together. Even though different religions have different reasons, um, uh, many of them, most of them go back to that idea that, mm-hmm. you know, I kneel down out of respect, I kneel down into this higher power, I kneel down in humility. You know, oh. I am humble to this humble. power right. that is greater than me. And, you know, there's some practices like in the Catholic Church where, you know, certain verses, certain prayer, traditionally, mm-hmm. you know, you would kneel. pray and, right, you would kneel and then you would stand up or sit and then kneel 
but it's that I bow down to I bow down to you, God, or I bow down to the example of Jesus, knowing that it I am not at that level, and so it's humility and it's gratitude, um, worded in different ways for different faith practices. So you do know the answer. You did know the answer. Or is yeah, that but just when your I asked, best guess? Is that, is that, well, yeah. when I asked the question, I was just kind of responding in the moment. And then oh, I thought, okay, good. Okay, well, I do know this oh, about that. Okay, very good. And, very you know, good. my sister who is celebrating next week her 30th year as an ordained minister. Oh, wow. Maybe calling me this afternoon or emailing me later and saying, uh, no, now here's the real reason. Oh, that's good. Yeah, that's <laughs> good. That's good. I'd be interested. 30 years. Okay, Congratulations any, to her. Anything else that you want to tie up loose ends before we close? Um, prayer, prayer, prayer. You know, this was an interesting topic for me because thinking about it this morning and, and on and off during the week, I was thinking of meditation and prayer. And we talked about meditation in the past and and I think um, they are different, and I really do um, have an understanding now that I probably have a much more daily practice of meditation than I do prayer. And I wonder, um, you know, I'm going to ponder this week if if my prayer life needs some expanding, if I need to create some sort of practice more than just the 10 seconds on my knees at night, but to make it something, you know, to look at prayer more is that opening in uh, a more active state for me. So we'll see. We'll see if anything comes to me during the week. Okay. And I'll, uh, I'm thinking about prayer boxes, but maybe I'll do that at the top of next week's show, which is going to be about courage. Oh, Ooh, yeah. I'll definitely make the link between prayer boxes and courage as we start next week's show. Courage, that'll be fun. I like courage. Yeah, I need more courage. <laughs> don't pray for I that. I want more don't, courage. Don't pray for that. No, no, I won't. I won't. I won't. I don't need any additional experiences to give me the opportunity. I just would. am willing to use more courage in what I have in front of me right now. Um, and people can go to GodInMyDay.com and see devotions. And if they were a subscriber to God in My Day dot com devotions they would have received that surrender devotion this, this morning, morning mm-hmm. as I did. Yeah, exactly right. And we encourage you to join us again on Tuesday at ten thirty for meditation and looking at the archives on uh the the you can go back and look up different meditations if you're looking for some structured meditation time. Right. And I don't know what our meditation will be on tomorrow night. We'll just wait and see. Uh Awesome. Thanks for scheduling this uh, practice with me. Appointment Appointment. with saying yes to spirit. Uh, Have a great week, everybody.
Alexa, play Imagine Dragons. Okay. With Amazon Music, a voice is all you need. Get access to over 50 million songs. Download the Amazon Music app today.